0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grids Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening.
1: Time for Fantasy Sports today. Could a new playoff system be in store for Major League Baseball? Sounds a lot like Fantasy Baseball. Also, trust or bust on the show And, of course, it's Tuesday, so Florida man pays a visit. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Morning, welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today, and we're here for the next two hours talking fantasy sports with you. Talk a little reality, a lot of baseball here on the show. Time to fire up the fantasy baseball season. We've got Frank Stample, Craig Bish here on FST every day, 11 to 1 Eastern on the SportsRid Network. You can also watch our show live on the video side on Zumo TV, Pluto TV, and Stir as well. And we're going to be cutting into a lot of interesting comments today. I think we're going to have some audio on the show from things that I did over the past week and maybe some deep dives into some players, some NFBC dives as well. And Frank, it looks like Major League Baseball is taking the next step to bring the Millennials to the game. How about this? Half the team's making the playoffs. A fantasy draft to see who you end up playing in the playoffs. My goodness, this
2: is not something I expected we'd be talking about today. Yeah, I didn't expect so either. What's going on, Craig? Uh, very interesting format that we could potentially be getting as the playoff system for the MLB. Look, they're trying to make the game younger. They're trying to make it entertaining. They're trying to get more millennials involved. I guess uh, having a reality-type show where the playoff teams choose who they're going to play in the wild card round is one way to do so. Maybe we can even have Paul D. host that show. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing well, yeah. It's, it's really fascinating to me to think that there's a couple of
1: positives from this and and certainly a lot of things to unpack. I mean, half the league making the playoffs definitely changes the full aspect of the competition. And what it also does potentially is uh, stops teams from losing 100 games and thinking, man, if I'm around 500, maybe I get in. Uh, we're going to dive into more of this when we come back after the Sports Grid update. Chris Bavona has that next.
0: Sports grid. news update as you said the MLB is looking to do do something new because pitchers and catchers they report in just a little under 24 hours to open the 2020 spring training season MLB they're already looking to the near future New York New York Post was the first to report that Major League Baseball is mulling significant changes to its postseason, including increasing the number of teams from 10 to 14 and adding a reality TV type format to determine which teams play each other in an expanded wild card round. MLB's idea is that each league would have three division winners and four wild card teams making the postseason starting in 2022. The best team in the league would receive a buy into the division series, the two remaining division winners, and the wild card team with the best record of the four would each host all games of a best-of-three series in the opening round. The division winner with the second-best record would select its wild-card opponent from the three wild-card winners not hosting a series. The division winner with the worst record would then choose its opponent from the remaining two wild-card teams, and the final matchup would pit the wild-card winner with the best record against the wild-card team not yet chosen. Of course, you can't... Cincinnati uh, Reds star pitcher Trevor Bauer has already voiced his opinion on the move, t- uh, taking the Twitter to rip MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred by saying, quote, No idea who made this new playoff format proposal, but Rob is responsible for releasing it, so I'll direct this to you, Commissioner. Your pr- your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. Your A joke. In the NFL, Phillip Rivers will enter free agency this offseason, officially ending his 16-year run with the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers and Rivers jointly announced the veteran quarterback's decision Monday with general manager Tom Telesco saying that the timing of the announcement will allow everyone to put themselves in the best position for success in 2020. And Count Taysom Hill among those who believe he can be the New Orleans Saints quarterback of the future. The Saints revelation that is Hill believes he can be a franchise quarterback quarterback and although Hill said he hopes his future is in new orleans he also suggested that he's willing to go elsewhere in search of his best opportunity as a 29 year old restricted free agent i am chris pavona and this has been your sports grid network news update back to you mr craig
1: all right i'm mr craig today welcome back it is fantasy sports today craig and frank with you here on the show you know I'm not a purist, Frank. I'm all for making changes, and I remember when the wild card started. I like that as well. Uh, I'm into anything new that will bring more interest to the game, more discussion to the game. Uh, you know, these proposals where the Rays are playing in Montreal. I, I, you know, I'm not really dismissive of anything in terms of sports, because I, I like innovation. I like evolving, and I think it's fun. But the one thing that I would say about this, that that what made baseball unique in the sense sort of like football, is that uh, I, I'm not a big fan of, of half the teams in the league making the playoffs, because to me, what this does, Frank, is it eliminates any interest in the regular season. And that, in the regular season of baseball, is already a grind now. If they're considering moving in from 162 games to 140, uh, yeah, I mean, then that makes a lot more sense. But I would think that that would have to be the case because 162 plus a postseason would be just too much, man.
2: Yeah, so I thought about that originally as well here, Craig, and then I thought, you know, the NBA has, you know, eight teams in each conference make playoffs. Not that that's the right way to look at it, but, you know, there are other major sports, you know, leagues that do have about half the teams in the league make the playoffs. Something that I thought about as well was, while I see what you're saying about, you know, other teams might not care as much about the regular season – I kind of looked at it the other way. I think that there's going to be more of a desire to try and win that top seed if this, you know, playoff format were to actually come to fruition, because everyone's going to want that buy. You don't want to have to, you know, play in a wild card round where you have to win a two out of three game playoff. You know, based on last year's standings, the Yankees won 103 games. They would have had to play a two of three game, uh, you know, playoff in the wild card round, and potentially would have not even made it to the divisional round. So I think it's going to put more emphasis on trying to win that top seed in, you know, your respective league in baseball. So there'll be more emphasis on that. But I do hear what you're saying uh, about, you know, a kind of, uh, I guess, not making the regular season count as much for maybe some of those fringy wildcard teams. Right. And, and, but I would ask you this, Frank. Did the Patriots not want the first round by when they
1: played Miami in the last game of the season and lost? You know, like, I mean, wasn't it Oh, wasn't they definitely super did. I them? think the Dolphins yeah.
2: just, you know... I think the Dolphins just wanted to be that team to say, hey, "Look, we knocked out the Patriots." And you know, there was obviously some history there with Brian Flores who came over from the Patriots. So I think they were just super motivated, uh, and the Patriots just came out flat. So uh, yeah, I guess you can, you know, you can you can paint you know two sides of the picture here uh, for everything. But yeah, you know, I think that it would actually put more emphasis on teams trying to get that top seed so they don't have to play in a wild card round. Uh, but you're right, that would mean you know seven teams in each uh, in each league. Making the playoffs, and you know that would instead of us having, uh, what do we have now? Five, we would have, you know, we, we would have, uh, we would have 14 uh, altogether. So, uh, yeah, that's nearly half yeah. the teams in baseball making the playoffs. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I I I don't, you know, I don't really see it the same way with the buy. Like maybe that's something that they would chase. If it was, if if you know, a handful of teams, Frank, two or three teams, were looking at it in August and September, and they thought that they had a chance, but I don't think that that would change the regular season of April, May, and even June or July. I, I think it would change it for the bottom feeders, for the teams that would be considering potentially tanking, and then all of a sudden now you have a chance to make the playoffs. Like this would help, like uh, you know, the Texas Rangers or the Toronto Blue Jays of this year. You know, like those are the kind of teams that I think that are on the outside looking in. But with a little bit of a run or a little bit of a tweak, I think that they would be in that. It's, it, you know, to me, I again, I'm I'm all for changing. However, they think that the game should be changed to make it more fun and more exciting. That's certainly cool, but I just can't see 162 games plus this this added uh, postseason. And for me, the reason why I am not as in tune with the NBA as I used to is because the playoffs are an entire second season. You know, it's like the regular season starts. You go four or five months, and then everybody's going to make it anyway, pretty much. Like, if you don't make the playoffs in the NBA and even the NHL to a degree, you really had a horrible season. And um, and, and I just, I don't know. There, there, there's something about it, and I guess, you know, a lot of people are chiming in one way or the other on it being positive or negative. For me, uh, I think it is fun, the idea that a team's going to get to pick who they play. Because that would certainly give, you know, if they lose, it would be a perfect old takes exposed at that point because you chose to play this team and then you ended up losing. But, oh, Frank, something about it to me. I, I feel like it's too many. I think we like it's too many tweaks, you know, like does it have to go this far?
2: I don't know. Yeah, it does seem like a lot. It's almost like the uh, the Kobe tribute that they're doing for the All-Star game in, in the uh, NBA this year is almost going too far as well. They, like, they tried to do too much, and while it's nice that they're trying to do a tribute, it ended up being too convoluted. So I think that's kind of similar to what we're seeing here with this proposed playoff uh, change in MLB. One thing I like 1,000% for sure, is that the wild card round, whether they expand it to four teams or they leave it as two teams like it is now, it should be a best-of-three-game series. I, I understand that it puts emphasis on that one game and there's so many people tuning in. And But the thing is, you don't want to play a 162-game season just to have to play one game to get into the divisional round of the MLB playoffs. To me, that just never made sense. I mean, the NFL, it makes sense because, you know, you only play 16 games. So, you know, one playoff game uh, makes a lot of sense. But I think for the wild card, they definitely should go to two out of three uh, in that format.
1: Yeah, fair point. And we're happy to have the wild card as it is. We didn't have it, uh, you know, 20 years ago. And now we do. So at least we have an extra game. We'll be back with three up, three down after this. Don't go away
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stamfel. Now what goes up must come down. Three up, three down.
1: What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you on the Sports Grid Network, also over on Zumo TV, Pluto TV, and lot of other places where you can now catch the audio and video of the show. Frank is in New Jersey, Craig is in South Florida, and that's where we will remain throughout the fantasy season. We got the League of Alternative Baseball reality auctions coming up in a couple of weeks. I'll be in the Mixed League one. Uh, we got the Tout Wars drafts. I'm in one of those as well this year, so all of the expert fantasy drafts will be well represented by myself or Frank. Of course, a lot of us here at Sports Grid play fantasy sports. We play fantasy baseball, and so We go from wagering to fantasy, back to wagering. We do it all, we cover it all here on SportsGrid. Let's get started. I'll give you my three things that are trending up. Of course, we got to start off with the best words that you could say if you're a baseball fan. Pitchers and catchers reporting today around the league, tomorrow as well. I'll be catching my first bit of on-field baseball tomorrow, so you got me for about a half hour on the show tomorrow, and then Frank will carry the rest. But either way, happy to be able to say that as we start off the show today. Uh, second part of three up, three down, uh, Mike Bolsinger, former pitcher, current pitcher, really, as I would say in the big leagues, got lit up last year by the Houston Astros. Uh, never pitched again. I think this is actually going back a couple of years and, uh, Bolsinger decided, Hey, I'm going to sue the Astros because of my bad appearances versus them. Now, in theory, there's some that feel that this is a little bit ridiculous because Bolsinger didn't exactly fare well when he was at home. Against Houston, but this does open up the door to people who feel raw about what the Astros did. It'll also be very curious to me to see the audio coming out of uh, Astros camp over the next 48 hours. So uh, the reason why this is trending up for me is I think, hey, look, you know, I this kind of feel I feel bad for pitchers that were derailed. Because the other team was essentially stealing the signs and making it easier on their uh, on their hitters. So I do feel bad for players like this. Now, I don't know that anything will come of it, and it is going to be certainly hard to prove. And it's a case-by-case basis. But I am going to go with uh, trending up on uh, Bolsinger decided to do this. Uh, now, this is an interesting one here. On, uh, on our third trending up here this morning, Simone Johnson, the daughter of The Rock is signing with the WWE. She's going to train in Orlando. Now, Simone uh, went to the same uh, school as my kids go to here in South Florida until she graduated. She was a really good volleyball player, good athlete as well. Uh, and I'm and I'm curious to see how this works out for wrestling. I don't know. Have we ever had a father and daughter wrestling? Does this go back to Vince McMahon and, and Stephanie McMahon? That's kind of the last time we've seen this. And so I wonder if The Rock will get back into the WWE after seeing his daughter potentially succeed in this uh, arena so we'll find out but that's what's trending up for me Frank today on the show
2: yeah, before I jump into my three up, three down as well, my trending up topics, just want to touch on that. Simone Johnson, as you mentioned, signing with WWE. We do have Charlotte Flair in WWE right now. She's the daughter of Ric Flair, that's true, and they've already had her chasing Ric Flair's uh, championship record. Ric Flair, of course, held the championship 16 times. I think Charlotte Flair somewhere already in the middle of that. She's only about like five years into her career. So I'm sure that's going to be a storyline at some point. Charlotte Flair trying to break her father's championship record as well. My first trending up topic here, you mentioned pitchers and catchers, which means we're going to see a bunch of video of pitchers out here throwing new pitches, experimenting with new pitches. And I saw yesterday, according to Josh Tolentino, the Rays beat writer for The Athletic, Tyler Glasnow was throwing a few splitters yesterday, and Glasnow was basically a two-pitch pitcher last year, used his fastball and curveball about 96% of the time. Now, even if he uses the splitter... Eight to 10% of the time. If he has a third pitch there that he can mix in a little bit to give opposing hitters a little bit of a different look, then... I'm interested. Of course, you have to worry about the health when it comes to Tyler Glass now. I think we know that the talent is there. Can he continue to uh, build off of the improvements he made in terms of his command last year? I think that's another question mark. But if he's adding a third pitch, specifically the splitter, uh, that's something I'm definitely going to be paying attention to throughout the course of spring training. My second trending up topic here, Craig. I was reading a Royals article yesterday on The Athletic as well. This quote stood out to me. To miss a year, I know it's bad for the first time, but it helped me a lot, Perez said. Healing, it helped, it helped me heal my body. Having a year off will help Salvador Perez tremendously this upcoming season. So I looked into this, and I had this as a trending up topic because I think Salvador Perez is completely undervalued right now in fantasy baseball drafts. He had a six-year span where he had 471-plus at-bats, where he had 24-plus home runs. I mean... He was playing a lot for those Royals teams, and that wear and tear, I mean, that's going to take its toll on you after a while. So I know he's coming off Tommy John surgery, but we've he- seen hitters come back from this in the past. Gleyber Torres comes to mind, uh, and he's been perfectly fine. So I think the year off for Salvador Perez will actually do his, body's wonder, uh, his body wonders, and I think that he is a great value in fantasy baseball drafts right now. My last trending up topic here. Craig, is Coors Light to cover dog adoption fees for Valentine's Day? So basically, the brand owned by Molson Coors Brewing Company is offering to pay $100 to cover fees for the first 1,000 people who adopt dogs between February 4th and February 21st. Now, personally, Craig, I don't know about you. I'm a cat guy. A lot of people are probably not going to agree with that. I don't mind dogs, but I am a cat guy. I prefer cats, but I think this is awesome what the Coors Company is doing here helping dogs get adopted up until the date of February 21st. Craig, are you a cat or a dog guy?
1: Uh, First of all, good stories there. Um, You know, just touching on these real quickly. You know, that's interesting on Perez because we're going to be talking about the Royals catching situation later in the show. That's a great tease to have people tune out today. Royals catchers being discussed. But as far as dogs and cats, yeah, I have never been a huge pet guy. I did have a cat in college for a few years i had a dog when i was much younger my kids are desperate for me to get a dog but i know the responsibility that comes along with that frank and so i have declined given every other thing that i have going on so i would say i'm neither dog or cat at this stage but i would say that uh i don't mind either i I could i could go with either now do you have one cat frank or do you have two
2: I have no cats. Uh, so I'm with you while I. So, do how are love you a cats, cat guy and you I have no cats? Well, I've grown up with cats my whole life. My family still has a, uh, a cat, a pet cat now. But personally, I am not going to own one because I know that the re- the responsibility that comes with it. Plus, I don't want hair all over my house. I don't want, you know, uh, cat droppings or anything else that comes with a cat in my house. So while I do love the animal, I am not going to have either one of those uh, in my household because, like you, I know the responsibility with owning one. I'm out.
1: Yeah, officially the dumbest segment that we've had since we've started, Frank, since last week. You're a cat guy that doesn't have <laughs> any cats. Okay, all right. Well, sounds good. Yeah, that, that's, that's the equivalent. My family, I, I'm, a, I'm a Tyler now guy. I've done 15 <laughs> leagues, but I'm not taking him in any league. Okay, all right, Frank. You got it, whatever you say. All right, uh, <laughs> trending down for me, uh, Kyle Garlick and Tyler White, both DFA'd by the Dodgers yesterday because of their acquisitions. I would think that both players uh, could help someone the issue, of course, is Tyler White was associated with the Astros. He's probably going to have a harder time. But I thought both guys in the DFS format and even in the NL format could end up getting uh, some playing time. So, Garlic and White, not you know, not household names by any stretch of the imagination, but they could hit a little bit. So, I'm curious to see if both of them get to hook on to another club. Uh, the XFL... They fired, uh, one of the teams ended up firing the defensive coordinator after one game. And the response is, oh, they're taking things so seriously. Oh, great. Yeah, just keep that narrative going. Phillip Rivers and the Chargers of Los Angeles part ways. We we got this report, I think it was from Jay Glazer about a month ago, that this was probably gonna end up happening. Probably best for the Chargers, probably best for Phillip Rivers. He'll have a no he'll have no issue getting a gig. And the Chargers will probably be having to trade some picks in the future to trade up to get a good quarterback this year because clearly after Burrow and Tua, I am not buying in on any of the guys there. So could be free agency could be uh, you know somebody that they move up in the draft to get but you know certainly it's going to cost them something to try and rebuild that position because Tyrod Taylor is not the future he could be the present in a one year situation and that's what I got for trending down frank how about you
2: yeah i do agree with the chargers they have to figure out what they're doing with that quarterback situation could go with tyrod taylor for a year maybe they draft a justin herbert we shall see what the chargers do with their quarterback situation my first trending down topic Trevor Bauer, and you heard this in the News Update, he cares more about what everybody else is doing in baseball, about what Rob Manford is doing, what the Houston Astros are doing, than actually perfecting his craft and getting better. You're going to find, Craig, that you, meant you, you brought up Tyler Glass now. I'm not going to draft him in 15 drafts. One person who I could tell you right now I will not own in any of my 15 drafts is... Trevor Bauer there's no chance that I'm gonna own him he had this to say yesterday no idea who made the new playoff format proposal but Rob is responsible for releasing it so I'll direct this to you Rob Manfred your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and prove you have proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball you're a joke I do appreciate that he used the right chromatical you're at the end of that tweet uh, but that's about it when it comes to Trevor Bauer for me Heim Bloom the chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox said Monday that there are no update on no updates on the team's managerial search so as of now the acting manager bench coach uh, will be Ron Renike. uh we'll see if they actually slap him with an interim title or name him the manager. But as of now, pitchers and catchers reporting with the Boston Red Sox. It is February 11th, and the Boston Red Sox do not have a manager set in stone. So uh, very surprising, the latest in the world of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, it seems like they're going to be a very interesting topic of conversation for the entire 2020 season. And my last trending down topic, I don't know if you saw this last night, Craig. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson don't know how to play rock, paper, scissors. So for those watching on Sports Grid right now, I'm going to show you how you play rock, paper, scissors. You go rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You do it three times. You slap your hand three times, and then you go shoot on the fourth time. Last night, we had video of them on the bench going rock, paper, shoot. You don't do two pounds, and then you, you throw out your rock, paper, or scissors. It's rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You have to do it three times. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, you've been around a long time. It's about time you know how to play rock, paper, scissors. How about you, Craig?
1: Yeah, that's uh, – I've just – you know, I go the rock. That's it. It's just a one one deal. No, in, <laughs> in Little League Baseball, that's how we decide who the home team is, is we play rock, paper, scissors. So they get it. It's kind of weird that Steph and Clay don't get it. That's for sure. All right, coming up next – I believe we're going to have a little bit of a deeper dive into uh, Jesus Aguilar of uh, the Miami Marlins, so stay tuned to that. We have Florida Man on deck, too. DailyRoto.com
0: sports today with Craig Mish and Frank Stamfel.
1: Welcome back to fantasy sports today. It is Craig Mish and Frank Stanfield here with you. We got you until one o'clock on the east We got Florida man coming up next. I know that you guys wait for that every week. Are you are you ready for another edition of Florida Man? I, I think that I, I scared Joe Pizza away from the show, Frank, with all of the Florida stories that we did. Are you prepared for this today? You feeling good?
2: Man, I'm I'm gonna try my best. I, I think that I am immensely prepared. You know, after seeing a homeless man giving himself a shower on the train today, Craig, I think I'm ready for anything.
1: Okay, good. Let's uh, let's go over some quick news and notes from baseball that could potentially affect fantasy. Um, okay, on the Philly side, now this is kind of what we're going to do throughout uh, our shows is that uh, once we get into the meat of the show around 1130 Eastern every day, uh, provided that we don't have any kind of like uh, uh, segments that we normally do – We'll update you on on the stories, and Frank and I will weigh in on the fantasy aspect of this. Now, if I have anything to add on the inside in terms of reality, of course, I will do that as well. And we'll get to that in just a minute when we hear from uh, Jesus Aguilar. But before we go that route, uh, Frank, let's talk about uh, things that are going around uh, the league. Last night, Juan Lagares ended up signing a one-year deal with the San Diego Padres. I would expect that this is just basically a direct result of Manny Margot being traded to Tampa. I don't even know that he's a dollar player, Frank, in an NL only, but that's as as much as I can throw out there with Ligaris. Can you add anything to the value there?
2: Yeah, I'm not excited about Juan Lagares at all. I think this is purely a baseball move. He's going to be a platoon bat with uh, Franchi Cordero. He's going to be a defensive replacement late in games, potentially taking over for, like, Trent Grisham in the outfield. Uh, but outside of that, he doesn't really offer much from a fantasy perspective. He hasn't been able to do much uh, in his career with the Mets. Uh, he's a really great defender, but it just doesn't really matter much for fantasy. So I am much more interested in Franchi Cordero, who seems like he's going to be on the strong side of a platoon, playing every day uh, mostly against right-handed pitchers pitching in center field for the Padres. He has an interesting power-speed combination. But outside of that, I think Juan Lagares is probably going to be his platoon mate, maybe play against left-handed pitching, and be used as a defensive replacement late in games for the San Diego Padres. Outside of that, I just don't really think he offers much from a fantasy perspective, Craig.
1: Yeah, yeah. two years ago, I was very high on Franchi Cordero. It's just been injuries, Frank, over the last couple of years that have really derailed him. He's been excellent when he's played in the Winter Leagues. But uh, it just really hasn't translated to the big leagues. Remember, they also had a, a kid, if you remember Frank, that was competing. They had two kids that were competing in San Diego with Franchi Cordero. This is where the Padres, by the way, were were, were awful. Uh, it was this kid named Jose Perella, and another named Travis Jankowski, and they just basically were just oh, man, just f- you know, flooding guys in the outfield that that really couldn't stay healthy none of them ended up providing fantasy value on the season. So you're right. I mean, Cordero will get a shot. I'm a little less bullish on him because of those issues that he's had to his lower half, which always scares me. Those leg injuries are definitely a big part of his game because he can't steal bases. But at this point, it could end up being a platoon, so I'll be a little bit careful with him. Um, David Robertson is back in the picture, Frank, for the Philadelphia Phillies. He, of course, had... A years long, uh, I believe it was Tommy John surgery that he ended up missing. He's going to miss a year. He'll be available in the second half. The Phillies bullpen was dreadful last year, Frank. You remember just going through guys, player after player. It was Robertson, it was Neris. it was Sir Anthony Dominguez, Tommy Hunter, Pat Nishek. Nobody worked out for the Phillies, and dare I say, I don't know that their bullpen even got a lot better. Uh, I suppose if Hector Neris doesn't come through for them in the first half, they could turn to Robertson. But again. Robertson, for me, becomes a Buck player that you stash on an injured list. I don't think he's a mixed-league option at all.
2: Yeah, maybe outside of a draft and hold, like a draft champions type league, where you have these 50 rounds, maybe you stash them for the second half. Obviously, he has that you know rapport with Joe Girardi from his days with the New York Yankees. So perhaps you're right. Look, if Hector Neris struggles, and you know it's not that he's been the safest closer by any means throughout his career, we could see Robertson get an opportunity there in the second half. I'll throw out the name as well, Nick Pavetta, someone that we were looking at as a starting pitcher last year with a lot of hype. He's going to be in that bullpen. So uh, perhaps he sees an uptick in velocity. Maybe he works his way into the back end of that bullpen as well uh, but outside of him it looks like Hector Naris is the guy to start the season and the direct backup there is going to be Sir Anthony Dominguez so uh, I think if you're doing any of these 50 round NFBC draft champions draft and hold type formats that you can look at Robertson there again uh, he does have a history playing under Joe Girardi who's now the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies.
1: Yeah, and and we're going to talk about some of those late-round options in the NFBC coming up as well. One more quick note, uh, Jason Kipnis, who I honestly completely forgot about. It's 17 home runs. His OBP over the last three years has been dreadful, so it's hard to even picture him at this point, Frank, as a starting player. Uh, OPS completely down. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just wear and tear on him, not stealing bases anymore. The Indians, of course, went in a different direction. If I'm not mistaken, Cesar Hernandez is the guy that they were at least penciling in to start and play second base. Uh, When I look at Kipnis, I see him as a part-time player. MLB.com reports the Oakland A's as a possibility for him. They do a really good job of finding playing time for players. A lot of the projections still on him signing with a team, hitting 15 home runs, driving 50 runs in, and stealing five bases. One of the lone offensive options that still remains unsigned so maybe that's the best route: is a draft champions league to pick up on Kipnis because when Oakland signs you, Frank, you play like you you get three hundred play appearances somehow.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point too, and we see a lot of these players who are unsigned right now go at you know great values in these deeper drafts. You know, for a while, Domingo Santana was going super late in drafts because he didn't have a home. Now he hasn't officially signed his one-year contract yet with the Cleveland Indians, but I suspect that will get done, and we've seen him moved up, move up as a uh, as a result of that. But yeah, I mean, these guys that haven't signed yet are going at great values outside of Yasiel Puig, who we continuously talk about. What's interesting to me here, Craig, is I understand the Oakland A's are competing. So maybe they want a veteran in there who can, you know, help solidify, round out that lineup and Jason Kipnis. But, you know, why don't they just ever give Franklin Barreto a full opportunity to play second base every day? Or why don't they give the opportunity to Jorge Mateo, who they got from the Yankees a couple of years ago, who, you know, in the minor leagues last year. Uh, at A, hit 19 home runs with 24 stolen bases and a 2.89 batting average. Like personally, I want to see what Jorge Mateo can do at the major league level. He's never been given an opportunity. So, I understand the Oakland A's want to compete. They might want a veteran there, but I really wish that they would give one of these prospects a a, a legit opportunity to play every day there at second base.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like they they will go that route. Um, you know, my guess is <sighs> you know they 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 tend to go with veterans mixed in with rookies and never hand over the gig. It almost feels like a Colorado Rocky situation with him. but uh, that's the latest in terms of the news around the league. Remember you can also catch us on demand twenty four hours a day seven days a week over on sportsgrid. com. and on the audio side, our show is also populated. On iTunes and Android, you could listen to the show as a podcast as well. So just in case we're covering a player that you want us to talk about and you don't hear it on the show doesn't mean it wasn't done. Just go back and listen on demand. Uh, over the weekend, uh, the Marlins had their fan fest. And of course, there'll be uh, you know some Miami Marlins talk on the show. We won't inundate you with it. But because I'm covering them a lot, that's part of the equation as to what I do. It gives me an opportunity to bring some of that to you. One of the more polarizing players in both fantasy and reality, I think, this year is Jesus Aguilar. Two years ago, coming off an all-star appearance, also coming off a situation where he was one of the most dynamic offensive players in the game. Looked like a guy that could be a 50 home run guy at some point and that his, his weight ballooned last year and uh, surprisingly, the Milwaukee Brewers just completely gave up on him. They traded to Tampa Bay. The results were not much better. I had a chance to catch up with him on Friday and discuss why those results weren't there and what we could be looking forward to this year. Let's start off with um, when you found out that uh, the Marlins claimed you. What, what was the what, what did it feel like
3: for you? I was really happy about it. I mean, it's a really good organization. Um, um, I was happy to to come here to try to teach the young guys to to how how they play the game, how they gotta play the game. Um, it's gonna be a, a good experience for me. So I think that's why I was so happy. Um, I talked with a couple guys before uh, after I get, I get clean. Um, and they was happy about it too.
1: Two years ago was a fantastic year for you, and, and obviously the focus is on kind of what happened last year as, uh, as opposed to two years ago. Do you think that you've kind of fixed any issues that
3: maybe you have? Oh, yeah, had? yeah, I, 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 I've been working on my, my, my stand. Hitting, uh, I, I do a couple of pros, um, but I think it's going to be good. I mean, baseball is up and down. Uh, last year, I mean, last year was a uh, like down year, but uh, it's over it's already over so this year I think it's going to be different I think this team. I mean this year I come with a lot more confidence I know I believe the team's going to gonna go well so I think everything's going to be alright
1: last thing on, on the baseball side uh, physically has the team talked to you about uh, in the kind of shape they want you in or? oh yeah
3: oh yeah I, I, I mean I, I did it by myself uh, no, gonna be, I know I'm going to I gotta be in shape um, I gotta be uh, 100% healthy to play the game how I want to how I want to play so I think I, I'm in my best performed this year,
1: so I think I'm ready to play the ball. right, Frank, so Jesus Aguilar is probably going to get an opportunity to be the starting first baseman with the Marlins. Uh, I say probably because I'm not 100% sold. I gotta tell you, I am not 100% sold on this. Now, he's lost weight. He looks better. I will say that. Uh, A lot of teams, Frank, in the American League did not claim Jesus Aguilar. In fact, the way that the claiming system works is essentially every team in the American League didn't claim him. Uh, The Marlins did. They had the, I believe, second claim in the NL. So I would ask you, are you buying in on a return to 2018 on Aguilar, or are you staying away?
2: I'm not buying in on Jesus Aguilar. You know, I worry about, you know, what's happened since that 2018 first half. That was a massive first half where he hit 298 with a 621 slug, 24 home runs, 70 RBI in 86 games. Since then, he's played 193 games, and he's only hit 23 home runs while hitting 240. So uh, there's also issues in the batted ball data as well. So personally, based on where he's going, it's super late, but there are other players I like more in that range, Craig.
1: All right, we'll take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports today. We'll be back with more on our show, which includes Florida Man. Don't go away.
0: DailyRodo.com Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stample. And now it's time on Fantasy Sports Today to see what's going on in the
1: Sunshine State with Florida Man. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Frank Stample here with you on the show. It is. once-a-week extravaganza that we like to call Florida Man here. And you may ask, why do we cover all these stories in the state of Florida? Well, listen, there's a a number of different reasons. Where I live, and I live, by the way, in South Florida, but our state does tend to produce some of the more wackier stories, uh, arrests, mugshots, and things of that nature. And so I thought it'd be a good idea to bring those to you each week. Now, unfortunately... Uh, I am not yet on the TV side of things here, and I will be soon on the video side. But, Frank, what are your thoughts on uh, doing – now that we have video kind of kicking in here, what are your thoughts on posting uh, the mugshots of the people who were involved in these stories? Do you think that's going a little too far here, or how do you feel about that?
2: It probably is going a little bit too far. And if I'm being honest, it's uh, quite horrifying. So I, I Googled Florida man last night images because I was going to try and make a graphic, something that we can use here on the show. And maybe I'll come back to that at some point. But some of the mugshots that I saw were terrifying. So I think that is taking it a little bit too far here, Craig. Uh, there was a guy with like half a head. There was a Florida man yes, mugshot with a guy right. with a half a head. Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's, it's quite terrifying, uh, but hopefully we can make an interesting graphic out of that at some point. Uh, posting the mugshots, probably taking it a little bit too far, Craig.
1: Okay. All right. We'll check with Greg Sussman. We'll see if he wants mugshots in the show. We are always up for trying new things here. Uh, Just not, you know, 14 teams making the playoffs. All right, let's start off in Pinellas Park, Florida. A man is in critical condition after he was attacked by another man with a machete on Sunday night, Frank. Pinellas Park police responded to the McDonald's on 66th Street around 11 p.m. They were called about a fight. They say two men who knew each other got into an altercation and uh, one hit the other with a machete. The victim was taken to a local hospital. He's listed in critical condition. He ran away from the McDonald's. Police were able to arrest him the following day. He's charged with attempted first-degree murder, according to Pinellas Park Police. So, uh, just a heads up, Frank, in the state of Florida, what we like to do here is not attack with our hands. We bust out the machetes at McDonald's.
2: You bust out the machetes at McDonald's. Now, this is crazy to me because... I love a 20-piece nugget as much as anybody else, but I'm probably not going to kill somebody over it. This seems to be a popular craze in the United States. Recently, we heard about people dying over Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Uh, Now it's happening in McDonald's as well. Again, I love the 20-piece nugget as much as the next guy, but I'm probably not going to uh, whack somebody with a machete in order to get some. Uh, Maybe if it were Greg Sussman, I might think about it. But outside of that, my next question for you, Craig, is who carries a machete to McDonald's? outside of maybe Jason I mean, Voorhees I don't know
1: yeah I, I mean look th- sometimes those bichette, those uh, those chicken McNuggets can get a little bit on the harder side and so maybe you want to like chop them up or something like that. I don't know it's the only reason that I could think behind this except for the one thing Frank you got to know about everything else it's Florida. So here in Florida things just wacky things happen. We have iguanas falling from trees and then people cutting them up and, and selling them on the side of the road. Uh, you know, once you make your way down here, you'll get a better understanding. We don't really ask questions. We just try and reason with people and understand why they are doing things here in Florida. And by the way, speaking of which. Craig. Um, another. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm.
2: We, we, need a, we need a code text, right? So there's clearly something in the air down there in Florida, right? So if you feel yourself starting to lose your sanity, uh, you might have already mm-hmm. lost your sanity, if we're being honest. But uh, if you really do legitimately start to feel that, we need a code. Like either call me with a specific phrase or text me with a specific phrase so I know that Craig Mish is starting to lose his sanity, uh, so I will not go with you to McDonald's.
1: Okay, there you go. And
2: I I, I, I
1: could honestly say that I've had breakfast at McDonald's over the past year, Frank, But I have not eaten a meal, you know, like a a McNugget burger type meal from McDonald's in a long, long time. It's just, you know, you get to be my age, Frank. You got to, like, eliminate some things from the menu. And that's that's part of it. Okay. Can we please move on to the next story? Now, how about this one? Uh, This is from the uh, Herald. Most people wouldn't be happy with a naked stranger in their beds, except maybe if the person were J-Lo or Brad Pitt. How about this one? According to a police report in Collier County... A Florida man had such an encounter and it wasn't pretty. A homeowner in uh, the Naples area said he was shocked to walk into his house around 3 a.m. last Wednesday and saw a naked man. And he, quote, said it wasn't pleasant. I'll tell you that much. According to the sheriff's report, the nude individual uh, was 38 years old. And officers responded to a 911 call saying that the man was just laying in the bed exposing his self. Quote, we would find out later from the man he had been walking through the woods and brush completely naked. Uh, th- the man was taken to a hospital, of course, for evaluation. He also reported a PlayStation 4 was missing. They later found it outside the home's window. Now, uh, and that's basically the story here. He was released on $2,000 bond. Uh, I've heard this story before. I've seen this in the movie Friday. I did not expect this to happen, though, uh, in the state of Florida. But I suppose if you really need a PlayStation... And you feel like getting buck naked? State of Florida is place to do it, Frank.
2: Yeah, apparently not only are Florida men crazy, they are quite promiscuous. Now I know love is in the air. Valentine's Day is uh, is Friday. This That's is true. something that maybe you try and pull off with your, your wife, your girlfriend. You know, you surprise her in the bed a little bit. But I mean, a stranger, a dude. A Florida man, we knew they're crazy, but now, now promiscuous as well. Here, Craig.
1: Now, speaking of which, for Valentine's Day, Frank, since you are uh, getting married in the next year, I I would hope that you guys have some very big plans uh, for Valentine's Day, you and your significant other on Friday night. Would that include like a mock draft of some kind Friday night?
2: Well, you know, I'm down, Craig. I'm always down with a mock draft. Uh, If I were to do so with my fiance, she probably only would like Yankees. So this is crazy. She doesn't. She doesn't really like sports all that much, but she loves going to baseball games, which is basically the opposite of, like, every other human ever. So she doesn't really get into football. She kind of, like, tolerates basketball, but she loves going to baseball games. So I could probably talk her into a mock draft. She might only draft Yankees. She loves going to Yankee games with me. Um, But, yeah, this Friday we we are replaying, reliving our first date ever. So very romantic. That's what I got going on on Friday. Anything for you, Craig?
1: All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, Valentine's Day is very important, very important for my family because I have, uh, you know, kids as well, and it's important that their mom is is taken care of and represented. So in some way, we will make sure we get that done. Uh, but, you know, I will say this, that uh, this past weekend, uh, my wife was able to really enjoy herself without any issues uh, in a nice hotel when she uh, was out of town. So hopefully that's part of the gift. But I got to make sure that I, get, I I do something. That's That's part of my responsibility. Okay, um, back to Florida Man. Florida Man, here's the title of this one. Florida Man Accused of Shoplifting While Holding a Puppy. Okay. Uh, uh, in This is a man saying that yesterday he supervised a child on a playground equipment clutching three stuffed puppies. Impressive, but the Florida Man did more. This happened in Hillsborough County. He says he shoplifted while holding a real puppy. He wasn't hard to track down afterwards because he was found... With $259 in stolen goods and a puppy that looked right at the camera when the police snapped his mugshot. And uh, there is no mugshot here, unfortunately. But, Frank, it's kind of a giveaway if you're going to be shoplifting and holding a dog. Now, I know for you it would be a little bit different because if, if, if you had your way with it, it would be a cat, although you have no cats. So this kind of fits into the theme that we were talking about today.
2: Yeah, if I were to do that, if I were to, uh, I guess, become a thief or a burglar, I-, I would 100% have a cat with me. But you know what's crazy, Craig? Of all the stories that you've told me over the past two weeks thus far regarding Florida Man, I find this one the hardest one to believe. Why would you shoplift with a puppy in your arm?
1: There's no explanation for some of these stories. But I, but I agree <laughs> with you. If, if, if it was going to be me, it would be probably a dog or a cat. Um, for you, it would be a cat. For Sussman, it would be a turtle. Right. Like he would he would go turtle on, on the shoplifting. Right. Yeah. Didn't he? Didn't, didn't he have Turps? a picture? Yeah. He had a picture uh, with with a turtle for a long time, I think, on his profile, if I'm not mistaken. I could never really understand why that was. But, you know, it it, it You know, now it makes a little bit more sense. All right. Uh, last story here. And then we got to wrap up the hour. Uh, man behind bars uh, on the Sun Coast, This is in the Sarasota, Florida area. Finds himself in a familiar place, Frank. He was arrested for the 66th time. Wednesday after being on the run since last year deputies say and his name I got to read it on the air on this one Kaiser pontoon that's the name of my fantasy team this year arrested for failing to appear drug charges and and being a felon with a firearm and leading police on a chase he's a repeat offender with a rap sheet that not many people can say they have dozens of arrests from drugs fleeing fraud aggravated assault to grand theft reoffending, and not many tell why it happens he's only 28 He's been arrested five dozen times. Quote, you'll sometimes see people who have 40 or 50 arrests, and it sounds like, oh, my gosh, how can somebody get arrested 40 or 50 times, said his defense attorney. Uh, either way, they get a light sentence. They come right back out. They get into the community. They do it again. 66 times, Frank, and 66 different mugshots to go along with it.
2: That's a lot of Florida Man mugshots, and everybody loves the redemption story here, Craig. Everyone deserves a second chance, but does everybody deserve 66 chances? I mean, this is just absolutely insane. You know, I had to draw this up to the fantasy baseball equivalent, and I got to go back to my guy. This is like drafting Trevor Bauer, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So, you know, Florida Man gets arrested 66 times. If you continue to draft Trevor Bauer uh, and you don't learn from it, then you deserve all the results that are going to come with it, Greg. Uh, Craig, Craig, Greg, uh, I knew that it was going to happen eventually. Uh, Apologies, Today's the day. There you go. Everyone deserves a second chance. You don't deserve uh, you probably don't deserve 66 chances.
1: That's true, though. You work with a Craig and a Greg. That's got to be a little bit confusing. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, Yeah, Tulewitzki is the 66th arrest guy for me in fantasy. Like, I went through about 10 years of thinking this is the year for Tulewitzki. I think Syndergaard is kind of the the new Tulo now. I don't know that it's Bauer. Bauer did have one yeah, year a good mixed one. in there. That was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll do it for our first hour of the show, but uh, don't fret. We'll be back with more cat discussion for hour number two of fantasy sports today. Also a little trust or bust, some high-end NFBC players that you may not consider. We're going to make you consider them. That's to come here on fantasy sports today. DailyRoto.com.